I had like a nightmare last night that Premiere gave up. Adobe was just like, oh, no, no more, uh, no more Premiere. <laughs> and we we're just deciding not to have that one feature anymore. <laughs> That's a really specific nightmare. I, You've really done a lot of work. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Josh McCormick, and this is Salute Talks. Creativity is something that can be hard to define. Someone can paint with numbers and solve complexities with words. Still, with the spread of the current novel coronavirus, many with creative passions, which can range from painting, to woodworking, to storytelling, are facing new difficulties, especially in their ability to produce work. Today, to know Jazz to Coddle, the newest video producer at Salute America joins Salute Talks to discuss inspiration, innovation, and imagination, as well as how the global crisis has impacted those pursuits. Why don't you give us like a little background on you, uh, what got you to Salute America, what you've been doing, what your passions are, you know, the whole, the whole shtick. <laughs> yeah, well, to be completely honest, it was Josh who got me to Salute America. Um, I greatly appreciate that. It was... Um, I don't know, Josh and I, well, I'm talking about you to you. Yeah. You, you know, you, yeah. you and I went to A&M together, and you originally Whoop. hired me at the Battalion Student Newspaper. So that was kind of where I got an introduction to what would become a career in, you know, video production and filmmaking. So first of all, I thank you for that. That was super dope, you know, working at a crazy, it, just a very interesting place in college. Like, that's a very interesting job to have in college, you know? Oh, yeah. Running a student newspaper. Um, but, um, yeah, and uh, I graduated back in August, and uh, you called me sometime, I think, probably as early as July, and just mentioned that, you know, there may be a position opening up. And then, like, fast forward to February, and I started at Salud, um, which is a very interesting, great place. Um, I really love the mission, which is the main reason, you know, where I was like, wow, this is perfect, like that you hit me up for this, because as an Afro-Latino, you know, like uh, my mom's from Houston and my dad's Mexican from Mexico City. So just anything focused on Latino health equity was extremely interesting to me. And mm -hmm. just this podcast alone is I've learned a lot. Um, I'm trying to get everyone to listen to my podcast. Uh, I used to like be a podcast person so i pushed a lot of podcasts on people so i'm trying yeah. to like ease into this one yeah um, but yeah yeah that's um that's the short version i think like yeah what what first got you into into filmmaking creative kind of pursuits where'd that journey begin wow that was it was like a strange transition into that um just because um you know at the battalion at the student newspaper at a&m we wrote a lot of stories that's what I did originally uh was write stories um but I think I I'd originally approached you because I wanted to try some multimedia stuff like a podcast or something which is it's very funny thinking about yeah how, how life works uh, <laughs> yeah just how life works trying to start a podcast back then um but like yeah I, it it really started there um writing and just trying to find different ways of um, having some sort of like outlet like creative and just like a way to express myself in a way and I started that through writing it was super hard for me to meet deadlines you yeah. know for yeah. writing but mm -hmm. um, I think that summer was probably 2017 possibly um, I just 
my dad had an old camera, an old Nikon that he didn't really use that much. And so uh, I just spent the summer in College Station where, you know, there's not that much to do in the summer in College Station. Like, Yeah, it, so true. I, I think the city shrinks down from like 100,000 to, I don't want to guess, but definitely like maybe half that, Yeah, you know. Um, so I just spent a lot of time messing with that camera and taking pictures. Um, and then I started taking it like pretty seriously, like learning about how cameras work. Um, and then I made this video when I went to go visit my family in Mexico. Um, kind of like did a road trip around Mexico with my with my uh, tío, my uncle. And um, I don't know, I just made a video and I really fell in love with it and got an internship at KBTX News, um, which was, that was very interesting working in a cable news setting. Mm. Um, every, it's, I don't know, it's just really intimidating at first being surrounded by like cameras and um, just stuff like that. Being, yeah. it's like, peeking behind the Wizard of Oz curtain. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, oh, what? And uh, I think, you know, working at the battalion, we're kind of uh, revamped the multimedia desk, making videos yeah. and trying to make really tiny style documentaries in a way with whatever uh, resources we had. And then uh, I was at the Texas Tribune in the summer of 2018 as their multimedia fellow. Um, and I think that's when I officially considered myself a filmmaker yeah um because i mean i don't know i was like well i must be if they hired me right like i i they think i'm a filmmaker so like <laughs> you know like <laughs> i guess this is official now and yeah i've just been really falling in love with it even more working on like long-term projects like uh, a small project with a friend of mine who's uh, a painter in houston hmm. um he was my roommate at a&m and i don't know he just paints a lot on a daily basis so that's probably the first long-term project I've gotten, you know, involved with. And it's just really exciting making movies and stuff. But yeah, I mean, enough about me. You <laughs> asked about me, but I clearly love to go on, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, we all do, right? <laughs> well, I think I think uh, the creative journey started um, for me when I was in elementary school and I have a pretty severe ADHD. So I, you know, uh, had all of this energy, but not a lot of place to put it classwork wise. Um, and so I was having a hard time kind of, um, I love to read, but I was having a hard time like writing assignments, just sitting down and just doing the just day to day writing assignments. So I think it was probably in maybe the third grade or even maybe a little earlier, my, uh, teacher at the time told my mom, if he's having a hard time sitting down and just writing regular assignments, why don't you take an opportunity to share or have him sit down and write creative writing prompts, you know, um, kind of like using the imagination, which, which takes up a little bit more mental space and, um, but then also getting the practice of writing. And so having those two kind of combined, uh, you know, really, set me on this path to where I actually found this really great kind of link between all of this mental energy and mental space that I had, plus something that I could do practically. Um, and so, yeah, so kind of from there, I just always had an affinity towards reading and writing. Um, you know, uh, when I was in high school, I joined, uh, my high school was uh, lucky enough to have a newspaper staff, and I quit sports mainly because I 
was like a five six dude in Texas, and you know, <laughs> the only position I was playing was lineman, and that wasn't gonna uh, work out for me playing lineman. At, you know, whatever how many ever a football you know my high school team was so yeah. I, I i was not going to play high school football but i you know my parents were like you need you need, you need to do something so uh, i took an elective uh, intro to journalism and it was just kind of like this random class that was kind of interesting i liked reading and writing like i said so i was like oh, let's try this and absolutely fell in love with it and my sophomore year i joined uh my high school newspaper staff um, and it's kind of funny because even like as a sophomore in high school, I knew I wanted to major in, in English, which I was talking with a buddy of mine, like, oh man, like right after I graduated a couple of years ago. And he was like, you know, oh, you are one of the only people I've ever met that knew at like 14 what they wanted to major in in college and actually like followed <laughs> through with that. Um, so yeah, and then I went to A and M, uh, and yeah, worked worked over at the Bad and um, the Literary Magazine. Did a, some other stuff. I interned at a uh, Houston publishing house. I worked for the Bryan College Station newspaper, the Eagle, and just got a lot of uh, writing experience. And um, eventually, after I graduated, yep, moved to San Antonio and uh, took this job with Salute America to be a digital content curator. And you know, here we are, uh, years later, working together and uh had had some great opportunities just to explore media and still do some writing personally creatively and then also for work you know doing a lot of like media production so no that's awesome man that's i think that's really interesting you know because we all say we want to do or want to be something at a young age and yeah i think that's crazy that you kind of you were like yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be written most likely and you knew that from like a teenage year because i remember i don't know just starting it Texas A&M alone as a freshman, I was going to be, what was it? I was going to be a lawyer, an investment banker. Uh, I was going to go in the military. Yeah. You know? I was even thinking about changing my major to something to do with like, it shows you how not serious I was about this, but I wanted to work at NASA. Yeah. You know? Just, you go through all these phases. All these but phases. I think it's awesome that you just knew like, at least at the end of the day, it would involve writing. What was like your first book that you read, if you remember? So or at least the first one that stood out to you. Well, I think that which which is funny because I think that the first book that really stands out to me is um, not one that I read personally, but my dad like the first like chapter book that the first chapter book that he ever read me was Jack London's Call of the Wild, and I was like super young like <laughs> probably like all of his like work colleagues were like you're reading what book to this like child like dogs murder each other and <laughs> in this book my dad was like it's a really great book with a lot of great lessons so I think from there I just always had like uh, an affinity for like really great storytelling um, but I think like a lot of people our age the first like book series I really got into was the Harry Potter uh, book series mm. you know just really um, kind of captured uh you know my attention and just this like fantastic world and you know all of that it was uh just something that really got me into reading uh, a lot you know and from there just read a bunch of other series and then you know in high school read a lot of the books that were assigned and the other books and um you know just books have been a big part of my life um you know from an early age and you know still it's been like a little difficult since graduating like balancing like reading and and working and especially with the job that we do and even during this quarantine season it's kind of odd because I've definitely read more now than I had been in the past because yeah. there's a lot less going on but even then still it's kind of like you know trying to balance like 
solitary uh, kind of activities versus things that somewhat feel, uh, you know, that connecting with other people are are tough. But yeah, that's, you know, books have always been a big part of my life. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so cool. And like, just on that, that made me kind of think about mine, which were like, um, I know that the Magic Treehouse books. Oh, those are uh, big too. Yeah, yeah. I was def. I was super big on those. Actually, I was like obsessed with them, and I don't know where my box is full of them because I know I've got one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those were some of the first books that I remember getting really into, and then for whatever reason, I had this like, I wouldn't call it an obsession, but I I like really loved reading about uh, King Arthur. I don't know why those stories were so interesting. To yeah. Me, but I like I read. A lot of those books, and then yeah, eventually it was Harry Potter. Yeah, uh, I haven't read all of them. Yeah. Have you? Have you read all? Of yeah. Them? yeah. Okay. But I mean, nice. like you know, it's I um, I was absolutely obsessed. I remember, I was, oh, I can't even remember how old old I was whenever that book came out. I was still living in Florida at the time, um, but I was visiting a friend of mine who we like were childhood friends, but then my family we moved to a different part of the state. So him and I didn't really get to see each other all that often. And so I was over his house for, for the weekend and it just happened to be the one weekend when the seventh Harry Potter book came out. Um, (laughs) and my parents foolishly bought me this book before going to this kid's house. And so like I'm sitting in this kid's room reading this book. So I'm so excited to see what happens that his mom comes in and is like, Hey, uh, Josh, like, not trying to be any way, but, like, Joey is in the living room watching TV by himself while you're reading in here, and you guys are supposed to be hanging out, so maybe can you, like, put down the book and, like, go hang out with your friend? And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, reluctantly, like, yeah, yeah that's really funny. <laughs> but, yeah, so so what other books did you get into, like, later on, like, that kind of helped fuel where you are at now creatively? Yeah, I'd say there's a couple different ones. Um, and I figured you'd ask this later, so I'll talk about, I guess, maybe what I'm reading now yeah. like, later on. But um, I think that um, one of the books, I guess, that impacted me at the earliest age, um, I definitely, probably around 12 years old, um, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Because um, my yeah. mom actually had a rule in the summer, which was, uh, if you want to go play with your friends, you have to read a book. <laughs> You know, like the first couple of weeks of the summer, I had to finish a book or a couple, you yeah. know, based on like a, a page requirement. Um, and some of those were like Twilight, you know, I would just hey. pick Twilight. Others yeah. were, yeah. I've read those books too. Yeah. My mom was like super into them. And yeah, I mean, you know, she's like, you have to read these. And I was like, okay, mom. Yeah. And, and honestly, I didn't mind. I was yeah. pretty upset, you know, feeling the, the weight of the book and being like, mom, you I'm trying to play with my friends like this month, you know, I'm like, but that definitely was a a book that um, I read at a young age that was really interesting, just learning about someone else's life who is much harder than mine. Mm. You know, I grew up two parent household in the suburbs. So, um, well, military based, but that's still suburbs in a way. Um, And then uh, I guess um, some other books that I eventually read. um, I mean, it's pretty strange, but a good amount of books that I read and impacted me were in school. Yeah. Um, like books like Fahrenheit, uh, 451, um, 
Animal Farm, even mm. those like sparked a real interest in me because yeah. those were the first sort of books, even though they were required that uh, kind of, I don't know, it, it, they were the first books I'd read that analyzed society. Yeah. And these sort of like super kind of extravagant, blown out ways. Uh, but that, 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 you know, the older I get, the more I realize that they're not that crazy. Yeah. You know? I mean, Animal Farm is a little bit out there, but the point that it's making is super cool, you know? And, yeah. And I think that definitely, you know, those books really influenced my uh, kind of like uh, analytical view of society, just kind of, you know, because I think when you grow up in, in an environment that isn't a place where you struggle a lot, um, it's it's actually a little bit of a shock to realize that the world isn't like perfect. Yeah. It's a little bit like, whoa, whoa, you know, like healthcare and not, like not everyone has healthcare. I thought, you know, everyone goes to the doctor and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And those books, those books were interesting. Um, and I think more recently I read a book uh, called the color of law that was really breaking down segregation. Um, kind of like this, sort of like difference uh, that a lot of people have historically an opinion on uh, whether segregation was uh, by choice um, by the majority of people or if it was influenced by the federal government which um, this book kind of breaks it down by uh, it's by Richard Rothstein mm. um, who is a uh, lawyer for the NAACP legal defense fund so that's a that's a really interesting book and then uh, right now I'm currently reading this book called the will to change mm. um, the subtitle is uh, Men, Masculinity, and Love. Mm. And it, it's a book by uh, Bell Hooks. It's a very interesting, amazing book, um, I think, for a lot of people to read. Although it's focused in title on men, masculinity, and love, it just breaks down kind of like this whole system that we all exist in that's really based on your uh, your gender that you grow up with if you identify with any particular gender. And just how that just has a cascading effect on all of our realities, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's a, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm reading now. Um, yeah. I like to read pretty tough subjects to tackle, but I like to read about them, you know, no one has the answer, but I think, uh, learning the most you can, can really influence, you know, your reality. Yeah. I think like that's the, that, that that's such an interesting way to put it. Cause even in my own like literary media, you know, other forms, movies, things like that. Like I love all this content that just kind of like asks big questions. You know, um, I think that a lot of times we're trying so hard, like you were saying, like to find answers that might or might not actually be out there. But I think that asking the questions is definitely a big part of, um, the creative experience um, for me. And so in, in that vein, um, you know, thinking about this current time period and, you know, um, how are you staying creatively active? How are you creating? How are you, um, you know, using this time to produce material uh, during quarantine, you know, and, and what are you working on? Yeah, wow. Um, that's a really good question. Um I haven't really thought of it until now, like reflecting back on this past couple months. Uh, but yeah, I'd say, um, you know, for some of us, um, this, you know, for some of us on this, on the side of privilege during this pandemic, it's, uh, it's a pretty different outcome for a lot of, than a lot of people experience, you know, I've had mm. a, a lot of time to kind of 
better myself in areas that I wanted to because I have the time to. And, you know, just acknowledging right. that that's definitely a privilege. Uh, but I, I do appreciate yeah, being is. able to focus on some of these things like uh, reading for sure. I've read I've gotten to finish a book that I started back in October um, and um, just other ways that I've managed. Um, I I remember I for the past year, I've been trying to kind of get into yoga and meditation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being a full time college student with like internships and all this stuff. I never had time to do that. And I frankly... I'm not a very routine person. Yeah. You know? I would love to be a person who tried some try to do something every morning, but like you said, I also have ADHD <laughs> um and it's just I don't know, I have to b- balance between, you know, routine that's good for me and something that I feel like is boring me because I'm forcing myself to do it. Yeah. Even though it's good for me. But definitely uh yoga and meditation has been one um and uh as far as like being creative, um I've had a lot more time to watch films, mm-hmm. um, to watch to watch a lot of movies. Um, um, like, it's just it's awesome. Uh, A&M, Texas A&M has this thing called. Well, Texas A&M doesn't have Canopy, but they have a partnership with the streaming service called Canopy. Okay. Where, uh, we can access that and watch the movies. So I've been spending a lot of time watching uh, movies there, which influences me creatively. Yeah. Um, just because, I think that's a big part of it. Just like you said, reading influenced you're writing and I think mm-hmm. you're a great writer, you know, really <laughs> well spoken. So it's, you know, you clearly learn something from, from reading those things. But, um, yeah, that's, that's one. And then another is, um, I didn't know this in the beginning, but, um, something that I do to meditate in a way, it's like my form of meditation is messing with my camera, you know, going oh, yeah. places, taking pictures, trying to film things. And, uh, it's hard to kind of do this in a safe way, but I've been trying to go out to more nature trails um, when I can. Yeah. Because uh, just like a lot of other people who are working from home or may not be working, they also want to go to a nature trail. And San Antonio is a city of about 2 million. Yeah. So it's a lot of people going to a nature trail, but right. um, I just go there and take photos. Um, I really like sunsets, especially in Texas. I think sunsets mm. are beautiful yeah. in the state of Texas. Um, so, I mean, that's that's pretty much what I've been doing to stay sane, trying to exercise, trying to run, but it's getting so hot, yeah. you know? It's like... It's scolding. It's getting ridiculous yeah. at this point. Yeah. It what is. about you? Like, what have you been... Um, you know, I um, creative energy for me has been something that's always... And I feel like a lot of creatives have this understanding that it um, it's, it's kind of hard to harness to a certain degree, you know, it, uh, to a certain degree. It... Um, sometimes feels like it comes and goes and I think sometimes that just might have to do more with my like ability to force myself to sit down and and write (laughs) more than anything else but um you know it's um during this time it's definitely I I think that one thing that quarantine has has shown is that there is nothing in life that is certain you know it's um it's something that if you would have asked any of us, you know, like at the end of like 2019 with everything that was going on, I had it in my head that was like, oh, like things are gonna, you know, like we're going to get back to some sense of normalcy soon. And then everything just kind of changed. And so in the midst of that change, I think that one thing that I've been asking myself is, you know, what do I really want out of life? And, you know, like what, what actually fills me up versus, you know, 
drains me because I am a very extroverted person. So spending a lot of time with people usually is the way that I kind of like get some energy. I'm not someone who like does super well uh, being alone, or at least I didn't used to be. Now I'm getting better at that as all of this stuff continues on. Um, But one thing that I think has stood out is that the gifts that were given um, while life itself is kind of questionable, those things remain and they can kind of be sort of a solace in, in those times. Um, you know, before the quarantine, I was, um, I've been working on a, a book for a while and it's kind of been on and off. Um, and before quarantine, it was just kind of like working on it whenever it best fit into my social schedule. And, you know, something that I've realized is like as the social schedule has kind of melted away, um, this this book, this writing, this these things that I love to do uh, remain. And at first I was kind of like, oh, if I don't have enough energy, um, you know, it's going to be hard to really focus on that and do that. But nevertheless, I've been actually able to write more, pursue this um, passion more than I have. And even I think my work here at Sweet America, um, I've been able to um, kind of in this new way, find like new ideas, new, you know, topics to discuss and new topics to write about, things like that. So um, I think that something that's been really a really great outcome of this pandemic is that you get to see that while life itself might change, um, the gifts that you're given and the things that you have a desire to pursue kind of can remain constant and can change even in ways that you hadn't thought about, you know, before. That's really well said, honestly, like that is, that's literally my experience up to, up to this point. Yeah, I totally, I think that's, um, that's also an an interesting part, you know, um, is that, yeah, no, I just think that's great. Even like, you know, we have artists who are somehow dropping music, you know, we have, um, it's inspired a lot of people to kind of make something in a really yeah, I, it's just like you said, I think that um, by changing someone's environment and uh, I mean, honestly, making things tougher, um, you do get to really see how dedicated you are to something. Mm. And not only that, but like how possible it is to make something work with very little, you know, like there are commercials being produced and, you know, people are getting back to work on films that they, you know, stopped production on for a while. And like, like you said, you're you're writing and. These are all things that I'm sure like the first week of the kind of like shelter in place, at least here in Texas, um, I'm sure that first week it was just like, what, like, what do we do now? Yeah. You know, how are we going to do anything? Like, how do I go to the grocery store? Um, and yeah, just, I've definitely surprised myself as well. Just, uh, I'm sure we've all got a lot of underlying stress. Um, going on um, it may not even be outward but I I do see that yeah I do see that people are becoming really innovative with uh, the way they figure things out you know like yeah and I think that you know creativity and whatever form it can be I mean it doesn't necessarily just have to be like art in the way that people necessarily picture it you know painting drawing writing all these things but art and creative expression whatever form that takes for you know whichever individual is creating and inventing Um, You know, I think that those things, the things that kind of communicate the things that we can't necessarily say out loud or sometimes put into words, but through this creative expression, 
is able to capture what's happening and what's happened and what's going to continue to happen. You know, I think that that's going to be the way that we really understand the story of this whole pandemic in the last 10 years, you know, things that have been building up to where we are now and where they're at. Um, I mean, because when you think about it, like it's not we don't go back and, you know, I mean, this is coming from you and I as, uh, you know, journalists can say this, but, you know, I, I very rarely will go back to the 1920s to read about, you know, a New York Times article about the Depression or, you know, um, go listen to an older radio podcast or radio podcast, geez, like a radio news update, you know, about that. But, you know, you'll go to these forms of creative expression that maybe don't tell the story based on just facts alone but they're telling the truth in this kind of different way um that that's how we're gonna deal with that's how people are gonna understand going forward you know what we're all going through right now yeah no and even you know i was on reddit and i saw this photo that eventually circulated i think over to the rest of the social media platforms but it was a picture of um uh, americans i'm not sure which state or city but it was americans during the spanish flu um, outbreak and they were all wearing masks at a football game kind of sitting a little bit apart from each other yeah and this was you know i'm not exactly sure when the spanish flu was but this was definitely decades ago you know at least i think it was 1918 it was, yeah 1918 yeah. so, you know about 100 years and it was really interesting you know because i don't know just like you said you rarely look back so i was like oh what like they're wearing masks yeah and kind of social distancing 100 years ago yeah you know so i'm like Okay, so like, this is definitely unique within the past hundred years. But there are some people who have, you know, there are definitely some people who can relate to what's going on right now. And I even saw that there are some people who are alive right now that were alive during that outbreak. You know, um, so just like you said, yeah, that's super interesting. I was like, what? Like, I mean, before then, I don't know why I would be. I mean, maybe that would be interesting, but I don't know why I would come across a, a photo of the Spanish flu right a football game and find it interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. Um, so, so during this time, you know, what would kind of like your advice, you know, maybe like, um, maybe somewhat of a call to action for people who have the desire to be creative in some way, but maybe you're finding it hard right now, or, um, you know, even just getting started in something completely new. I mean, I think that that's something interesting about your career path is you've been able and you've been able to in such a short period of time, if you really think about it, you know, um, when you first started at the battalion, you didn't have a ton of um, creative media experience. And then just a couple years later, you had a whole website that got you the job as the video producer of a media company, you know, and a huge Metroplex. So maybe some advice on like getting started and, and doing that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I'd say, um, um, I mean, first to acknowledge that not everyone has this ability. Um, so I don't want to make a blanket statement and say right. if you're, if that you have all this free time, this is, you know, if you do have a lot of free time, like some of us do right now, I'd say that this is a pretty perfect opportunity. Um, but I'd say that really the first step is to take all the pressure off yourself, hmm. you know, just take all the pressure of doing something. I'm sure you can absolutely relate to this, you know, having written a lot of long form things and working on some now, you know, like the hardest part literally is to start yeah, and to start each time, you know, cause it's, you're not just going to write a book all in one go, you know, but you're going to need to start writing a lot of different times, you know, but 
but for sure i i'd say like yeah i'd say that's just the first step is just to take all the pressure off yourself and by that i just mean to if you're doing something and you want to create you want to consider it a creative outlet i would say that you know you want to enjoy that that's why it's considered a creative outlet you should look at it as something you enjoy you know you don't put a whole lot of pressure on yourself to i mean some of us do but you know just to go for a walk outside you know that's mm. usually in the moment and you love it you know and i'd say that you should usually when you get your best work done is that um but yeah i'd say just to start finding information on whatever it is that you want to do if you're not there you know if you haven't figured out what that is or if you have um I just, you know, information is literally power, you oh, know, yeah. especially in this day and age. A lot of us have just unlimited access to the internet and most places, definitely here in the U.S., it's a limitless archive. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, those are definitely the things I'd recommend, just utilizing all of these tools that we have to learn about what it is that you want and taking the pressure off of yourself to do them. And I think like you'd really be amazed, you know, if you just enter something casually because... I never wanted to be a career filmmaker, you know, I just, I honestly wanted to take photos and then I ended up, you know, starting, trying some videos out at the student newspaper yeah. and then, you know, a couple of years later, I'm able to, you know, get my first ever grant for um, a short project that I'm working on, you know, and, and if I were to just be given the beginning and the end, you know, back in 2017, if someone were to tell me like, you have three years to get a grant, you know, you have to do that. I think that would, that would probably make it really hard to do. But if you're just like, let me see where this takes me. Um, let me not put a lot of pressure on it. I think, yeah, you'd be really amazed by what you can do. And I'm sure you could say the same having just alone in what you've done, you know, you, you just wanted to read and write and, I think you've touched a lot of people with the stuff that you've written. Um, thanks, Ben. Yeah, no, I, I think that, like, the no pressure and, you know, just kind of, like, following your dreams is um, an amazing aspect to it. And I think that's something that I've also learned during this quarantine season is that your creative pursuit, kind of like your vocation, you know, kind of versus your profession, um, is I think I've realized that creative energy is almost like a fire you know it's um yeah. you have to take care of it you know it's um yeah. it's something that uh you can go um the like the fire never really dies but um you know or i guess maybe you can let it die if you don't give it any attention but pretty much it's like a fire right yeah. and it's like as you're feeding that fire through certain things like actually sitting down doing the creative work um you know every time i get an idea for a short story or something like that i just like write it down so i'm kind of like telling my brain yes keep sending me those ideas mm -hmm. but um, i think if you feed the fire in that way and you start to appreciate it for what it is because it's never not going to feel like work you know um yeah exactly. but i think the difference between you know profession and vocation is like the things that you're pursuing like you know writing video producing creating music painting whatever your you know medium is it's always going to feel like work but if you kind of look at it like a fire like you know creating a fire and maintaining a fire take some work you know you have to use certain techniques you have to build it in a certain way but you know as you're building that fire and once it gets started and once it's going you know it's enjoyable to sit around you know it's not um it's, it's yeah, still going to feel like work because every once in a while you have to put more logs into it or whatever it is you know add more gasoline or um, whatever the the case may yeah, be but no, yeah. but you know it's like 
if you, I think like, and that's something that I'm trying to kind of like change my mindset right now is like my creative endeavors um, and other areas of work in my life are kind of like little fires, you know, that you kind of have to just like continue to kind of like stoke the flames to where they continue to go. Um, and, you know, once those are built up in a good enough way, then like, you know, sitting around a fire is super enjoyable. You know, it's something that, um, it still took some work to get there and it still takes some work to keep up, but you know, it's, it's something that you end up loving. Um, and, uh, you know, the kind of like days after you sit around a fire, if you sit around for it long enough, you can smell it on your clothes. You can kind of like smell it even on your skin sometimes. Um, and you know, for some people that might not be enjoyable, but even for me, like days after I finished a project or whatever, there's kind of like this like feeling of like, you know, your creative energy just kind of like seeps, you know, and it feels really great. So I think that that's kind of like, uh, uh, my advice to anyone hoping to start or anyone trying to figure out how to work it right now is, yeah, just, um, you know, use that energy and, um, kind of like feed that energy because it's not gonna, you know, it's not like those, I, I think sometimes people will use the example of like the muse, you know, the muse comes and goes, um, which some people, maybe that is the way that they create, but I think more often it's, you know, we have to do the job of maintaining that creative energy. And when we don't maintain it, that's when, you know, we're not writing as much or we're not creating as much or, sure. you know, things like that. And just being around stuff that inspires you. you yeah, know? definitely finding a community is big, you know? I mean, yes. I think that having people to where you can, like, talk about your creative projects and, you know, I think that maybe even, like, starting a creative group where, you know, you meet regularly to, to start about things, I, you're start about things, talk about things and, you know, all of that, um, can, can also be super beneficial. No, for sure. Yeah. That's wonderful advice for people. Yeah, I think so. And that's great advice for even me to follow, yeah. you know, right now, like it's always ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to Sinoch for joining us in this episode, as well as the many he will produce and co-host in the future to learn more about him and his work. Visit this episode's webpage at salute.to slash salute talks. Salute Talks is produced by Josh McCormick and the media team at Salute America. It is executive produced by Dr. Amelie Ramirez. The music heard on this podcast is produced by Bonus Points. Find Salute America online at salute-america.org. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and other social platforms at Salute America. Watch our award-winning videos on YouTube by visiting salute.to slash video. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen. Thanks for listening, and as always, we hope you enjoyed.